All right, guys, you are listening to episode two of the One Tech Podcast. Uh, this is Dylan Digby, your host. Um, hopefully the audio is going to be a little bit better today. Um, I did step up and, and record this in Logic now. Um, also probably going to be a little less edited, so it won't be so chopped up. It'll be kind of more fluid and uh, I guess how most podcasts would run. Um, forgive any spikes or anything else like that in the audio. Um, but yeah, we're just going to get into the news, uh, kind of what's going on today. There's been a lot of stuff, um, so I'm probably not going to touch on everything. Uh, but just kind of go over some of the highlights. Um, there's been a ton of coverage as well. Uh, so great things to check out. Uh, there's a really good podcast from The Verge, The Vergecast, um, where they talked with uh, some software people from Instagram and from the Pixel camera team. Um, that's great to check out, as well as uh, Quinn from Snazzy Labs did a review on the AirPods Pro, um, kind of the div. I'd say the definitive review or all that you really need to watch on it. Um, so both of those are worth checking out. They're way bigger channels than this, but um, if you want to get some some good news, good insight, those are uh, good places to go. So uh, the first thing to talk about uh, today, Apple TV Plus launched. Um, so if you purchased any new Apple product this year, um, so iPhone 11, MacBook, iPad, uh, I think everything excluding the watch or any of the small stuff like a HomePod, um, you do get a free year of Apple TV Plus, so make sure to claim that. Um, so far, what I'm seeing, uh, I mean, there's only, from what I'm looking at on the app itself, uh, there's around like nine shows that are advertised. Uh, some of those are, you know, there's a morning show in C, which are probably the most advertised. Uh, and they showed both of those at the keynote or the initial keynote anyways. Um, I have not watched them yet. I definitely, I'm going to check them out at least, uh, see if it's worthwhile. Um, something else to, to kind of go along with that, uh, the subscription will be $4.99 once the first year is up. I'm kind of hoping by then that there'll be like an all-in-one Apple package, basically something like Amazon Prime, um, just to kind of keep track of everything because there's already, there's Arcade, there's News Plus, um, Apple TV Plus now, iCloud Storage, all those could end up together. Um, personally, all I would pay for, I mean, I, I get Apple Music with my uh, unlimited plan, so I mean, I technically pay for that, but I don't pay for that on top of anything. Um, but yeah, it really just depends if, if you actually use the services or if you if you consume a lot of content, maybe Apple TV Plus will be worth it. Um, it's not going to be a Netflix replacement or anything like that. Uh, and they're doing a lot of like family friendly content. So definitely a different take than Netflix and Netflix has, you know, some, some hits and, uh, some pretty, pretty weird misses some pretty, uh, unsensitive kind of unaware shows that happen sometimes, but um, you know, it really just depends how much, how much content you want to consume. Uh, personally, I spend the most time on YouTube. I, I don't know that it would be worth it for me to even subscribe after the fact, unless it was, you know, just like an all in one package deal. Um, but yeah, worth checking out. Make sure you claim your, your first year of Apple TV plus for free. Um, and then after that, you know, either cancel or stick with it. Um, kind of sticking along with Apple news, uh, something I tweeted out a little bit ahead of um, what was going on. 
I saw the reporting after the fact, and a lot of it happened after the fact. Um, but the most recent update of iOS 13.2, and I think there might even be on 13.2.1, uh, the RAM management is really, uh, really over the top. So um, iOS has always been really good about RAM management, and that's you know how they've kept the RAM pretty low over the years as far as spec goes. Um, but I noticed kind of this um, this over overly aggressive uh, closing of YouTube all the time. So I, you know, I pull up a video, jump out of the app, and then go to, to Twitter real quick or something like that. And by the time I got back, you know, it fully closed out the video. It went back to the home page. It went back to the home feed, out of my subscriptions, everything else. Um, so. That you know, that's something I just noticed and was like, oh wow, you know, this is this is really over aggressive. I tweeted about it, um, and then the following day saw you know nine to five Mac and Mac rumors and stuff like that, uh, bringing it up and and saying that it's a, a known issue now for a bunch of people. Um, part of the you know the ramifications of that outside of you know how you know just it being kind of an inconvenience or annoying, um, it is actually it's worse for battery life overall. Uh, so. Most people, you know, they they overly close their apps or they go through and make sure to close everything out. It's actually worse for your phone, uh, worse for your battery life anyways. Uh, you want to keep apps open, let the RAM do its thing in the background. Um, so my main concern is that this could, I mean, it, it'll hurt battery life or could potentially hurt battery life for a little while. It's, you know, something that can, can be easily fixed with software, um, which I'm sure they're going to be on top of, but... It, it's kind of just another another uh, slip up in iOS 13 that's kind of ridiculous at this point. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, you know, iOS is, is typically smoother and, and has been way better as far as RAM management goes for a long time. So that's why it's such a, an odd thing to deal with now. But yeah, uh, no news yet on that. Probably have to follow up, you know, as things progress with that. Um, kind of a follow-up, uh, switching over from Apple now to back to Google. Uh, so Google did buy Fitbit and it did go through, uh, something I talked about on the last episode. Uh, they were in talks and nothing was confirmed. No one knew any numbers. Uh, it is now confirmed that it was for $2.1 billion. They purchased Fitbit, which is the, like I said, the second biggest market shareholder um, in the smartwatch space. So something to kind of consider with that or, or the possibilities that could come from this. Um, you know, they, they've acquired a bunch of things too, you know, as, as big tech does. They've acquired um, a lot of smaller companies and then they either let them operate on their own, you know, with their financial backing or, or quote their own. Um, or they end up treating them like the, uh, the HTC team that they brought on for Pixel. Um, and that's where they just, you know, fully integrate them into what already exists or whatever hardware teams exist. They just consider them part of Google and, you know, they don't, they're not going to keep their former brand, um, which is a little different. With, obviously, HTC, like, still exists, so they can't really do that in that regard. Um, Nest would be a good example. That is something that they, they've now kept that brand alive and have, have even erased a bit of the Google Home brand um, back to Nest. Um, which a lot of that I think is just kind of optics, but keeping along with the Fitbit stuff, they, like I said, could 
keep them as Fitbit and just add a bunch of Google software, add a bunch of Google compatibility and, and kind of gear it towards Google stuff or Android. Um, but keep the Fitbit name just so people, you know, have that brand association. And if they already love Fitbit, they're going to want to stay with Fitbit. Uh, some people are weary about Google and privacy and that kind of stuff. They don't trust Google as a name. So if they see Google on whatever thing they're buying, they're going to question it. That's something I saw a lot um, in retail. And, and I think it's part of why they switched back to Nest for like the Nest Home brand and that kind of stuff. Um, just as like a trust thing. Uh, consumers are, are weird about that, even though they, you know, they don't realize how much of their information is already out there and how much Google already has on them. At the end of the day, they still say, oh, well, I, I don't trust Google. I don't want Google to, to have more of my information or I don't want to have the, they shouldn't have a, a microphone in my house, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say the move really, I mean, either just build pixel branded stuff with what Fitbit has um, or let Fitbit kind of do their own thing and just own the team. Depends if they want to go or do both. Um, they also acquired a lot of the Pebble technology and Pebble patents that Fitbit originally acquired. So it's all a big thing. It's a bunch of big tech companies buying big tech companies. Um, one less independent, uh, you know, company out there. So yeah, with that, uh, we're gonna take a little ad break. Uh, hopefully the ad break plays properly on Anchor and hopefully the other platforms as well. But yeah, we'll be right back and then we'll get into some more news. All right, so next up, um, kind of tech-related in a roundabout way. Um, it is the, the Team Trees campaign that's going on right now on YouTube, kind of a, trying to make it a viral thing. Um, it was started by Mr. Beast, which he's not, you know, not really a tech YouTuber or anything like that, but I would say YouTube itself is tech. Um, another, well, basically their whole, you know, the whole goal is to plant 20 million trees uh, by January 1st which they're already almost at 12 million right now, uh, at least last time I checked. Um, going along with that, uh, so there's been a bunch of press, or I guess like a lot of tech YouTubers uh, given Elon Musk praise because he donated uh, he donated a million dollars, so that's a million trees right there, um, which is cool. It's, you know, obviously a great thing, uh, you know, super supportive of, of any uh, action for the environment. I'm vegan myself, you know, I try to be low waste and that kind of stuff too. Um, so awesome initiative, I, I fully back it. Uh, my only criticism that I'm not really seeing from other outlets um, or other, you know, tech YouTubers and stuff like that, that, that just love Elon Musk. Uh, the thing is a uh, million dollars is absolutely nothing for him. That's, you know, that's like somebody given a dollar to, to, you know, a donation around Christmas or something. It's, it's really, it, it's great and it's a, a good cause, but it's just nothing in the grand scheme of things. It just gives him good press. Um, and I don't see any, like any advantage or, you know, power struggle involved in that, but he basically gains good favor by doing very little and, and such a, you know, especially for someone that's advocating for electric cars, which should be an environmental initiative as well. A million dollars is really nothing to him. So uh, that's something where, you know, he should take full initiative in, in, in my mind and just donate the rest. 
Um, but he won't, you know. It's just uh, a publicity thing, and, and that's how it comes off. There's some other creators, um, or not even creators, but other celebs I noticed on the list. Um, there was a Toby Lutke, which is, a, I say, another kind of tech-related thing. Uh, CEO of Shopify, and he won up to Elon Musk by one, $1 so one tree. Um, and yet again, I, I don't think he's quite as rich as Elon Musk, but... Uh, I'm not sure to be honest, but again, it's like, it's just a publicity thing. Sure. It is good. It, you know, it's awesome. Plant the trees sick. Uh, but again, you could do so much more. You could plant the rest. It would be inconsequential to someone that has that much money. Um, another perfect example, uh, Jeffree Star donated, uh, $50,000, which, We've seen the videos, we've heard how much Jeffree Star makes. Um, already a, a pretty controversial person. 50K is, is absolutely nothing. That's, you know, Jeffree himself could do it. He could donate the rest. Uh, Verizon with 100K, like, come on, you're, you're Verizon. You could absolutely just donate the rest, would be inconsequential, so. Uh, I won't harp on that too much more. Uh, that You pretty much get my take on that. But it is kind of a viral thing going around. If you can donate, awesome. There's a, there's a website for it. Just search Team Trees. And uh, you can donate, like, I think the minimum is five. You can do 20 bucks, 100 bucks, or, you know, uh, anything above that. So, uh, moving on. Kind of bringing it back around more to, to normal tech stuff, I would say. Um, BlizzCon is going on, or at least the game announcements. Um, I haven't looked too much further into it. I just saw a few announcements earlier. Um, there is Overwatch 2, which um, the like cinematic trailer is awesome. The one that's uh, it's not necessarily the gameplay or anything like that, but it's just kind of the announcement, like setting it up with with one of the videos they do, um, which is it's it's honestly awesome. Uh, I'm not a big Overwatch player. But the videos and, and lore they've done around it, I think, is awesome. Uh, that's probably one of their strongest IPs in that regard. Uh, they've done, I think they've done a great job as far as like world building goals uh, goes. Um, my thing, I did watch, there is a separate one that's, that involves gameplay. Um, and kind of assumed from the, from the first one that basically the, the major difference here uh, is just more of a, a focus on PVE as well as PVP, uh, which to me, it's kind of weird. And I, and I noticed a lot of the comments of people kind of going off and being pissed at Blizzard, which understandably so. Um, but most people are like, you know, why isn't this just part of the first game? Or why didn't you just do a massive update to the first game? Because it mostly looks the same. Obviously, they're different modes and they're uh, slight updates to the character models and that kind of stuff. But... Overall, I mean, it looks like something that could be just a software update or if you want to call it DLC. Um, it's kind of weird when, you know, a game like League of Legends has been going on for 10 years. They've mass massively changed how that game looks and uh, a lot of the mechanics and stuff like that. Um, but it, it is all, you know, just the, that same base game. Um, another announcement from Blizzard is Diablo 4, um, which... I'm I'm a fan of Diablo myself. I mean, I haven't played three in a, in a while because it just kind of got, I guess, ends up getting boring eventually. Um, 
But Diablo 4, it looks like they went way back to the roots with it. Um, it's very reminiscent of like Diablo 1. And it looks like, at least from the trailer stuff, there's only like three classes, or at least three classes that they showed. I would imagine that's they may expand on that. I believe the first one only had three classes also. Um, but just kind of odd, you know, considering the direction of three. Um, it does seem like a kind of a response to the blowback from Diablo 3 itself and then uh, Diablo Immortal, which is the, the famous video of them getting trolled. Um, but yeah, Diablo 4 looks pretty solid. Um, I don't know that I'm going to, you know, go for either one of these games. I feel like I don't have much time to game anymore. But um, yeah, they're, Blizzard's kind of in a bad spot with the Hong Kong stuff as well. And basically being, you know, at the at the mercy of China, um, which actually uh, Austin Evans put out a good video on the, the This Is channel um, going over Tencent Games and why companies kind of bow to China the way that they do, which makes sense. It's, it's very easy. You know, it's just a massive market and they don't want to they don't want to piss off that market, essentially. So. Um, that is why, you know, Blizzard did what they did and Apple did what they did. And a lot of the, the companies that just say, okay, yes to whatever China wants, um, kind of a crazy fact that he does point out and it could be, it could be somewhat misleading. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, but Tencent games themselves, uh, are responsible for 46% of all the revenue from China. So that just kind of tells you how massive of a market that is for uh, for gaming in general. Um, but yeah, kind of last thing I want to touch on, and then we'll we'll wrap this episode up. Um, there has been uh, leaks of a Motorola Razor phone, so kind of a reimagining of the old school one, uh, but as a as a flip phone essentially, as a vertical, um, or not a vertical, but. Uh, a phone that folds in half like a clamshell, so like the clamshell phones used to, um, as well as some other stuff from Samsung that's showing that they're going to make another one like that, um, which is different from the usual Galaxy Fold where it's kind of folded out into a tablet form factor. Um, so if you do follow EvLeaks, or EVLeaks, I'm sorry, uh, Evan Blass, uh, he is the one that has posted all the stuff on the Razer, and then I've seen a bit more uh, from Pocket Now as far as the Samsung stuff goes. Um, for me personally, you know, the Razer phone's not, it's not even going to be like a flagship or anything like that. Um, I just don't find it compelling yet. I don't, I don't see a crazy reason. I mean, it, it, it's going to come and, you know, a bunch of companies are going to make them, uh, Microsoft included with the, the whole Surface, Surface Duo, I think, or Surface, yeah, I think it's Surface Duo, not Neo. Um. You know, people are excited for that and they want to see, you know, the other company's response to that stuff. Um, I feel like it's it's probably, you know, it'll be nice, I'm sure. And I'm sure eventually there will be there will be a compelling reason. It's just I don't see it yet. It's kind of the same thing as 5G. Uh, the, the, the technology is getting there, but the use case or the, the compelling software is not really there yet. So I'm not super concerned about it. Um, It'll be cool to see the response or the reviews, but for me, it's just kind of a, eh, okay. Uh, <laughs> nothing crazy there. So um, with that being said, yeah, I think that pretty much covers all the highlights from today. Um, don't want, again, don't want to drag this on too far. 
Uh, hopefully the audio is a lot better. Like I said, I'm just using a Blue Yeti mic here in Logic. So we'll see how that goes. Um, other than that, go ahead and check the show notes for um, social links. Uh, the best place to, to reach me, as always, is on Twitter. That's at OceanDrinker. Um, if you want to ask me any questions or if you possibly want to talk on the podcast, um, maybe down to try uh, kind of a remote session and Anchor and, uh, and go from there. So if you have any uh, questions, critiques, um, anything like that, go ahead and uh, at me on Twitter. And then uh, check the show notes for any other links to Instagram and that kind of stuff. So until the next time, guys, later.